Amen. <laughs> Genesis, uh, <laughs> Genesis chapter 39. Would you go there very quickly? Genesis 39. Genesis 39 from the New International Version of the Bible. I told you last week that I was going to preach on the subject. If I wasn't saved, I wouldn't get married. That's what I told you last week. I told you last week that if I, if I was not a, if you're not, as a fact, if you're not a Christian, I'm through. If you're not in, I'm not just talking about you go to church, but if you're not in love with Jesus, do not get married. No, for real. Like, like you have to be in love. You have to be a Holy Ghost filled. Come on, somebody. Baptized with fire, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're not that, then you ought, all the married folk that know what I'm talking about, raise your hand in the air, wave it like you just don't care. Like marriage is not for people who do not know the Lord. All right. So I'm just going to say real quick, because God told me, I thought, I thought God said preach that last week, but that's what he said. I, I mean, that's what I wanted to preach. So I'm going to preach what God is telling me to preach. But while I'm here, I just want to say that this thing called marriage, man, is, is, it is life or death for many of us. And I'm just going to drop this on you and we'll pick it up maybe some other time. But it is very unlikely that one spouse will be saved and the other lost. It is more probable that they will go the same. I said it's unlikely. I said it's unlikely. I didn't say it's impossible. I just said it's improbable that one spouse will be saved, the other lost. It's more likely that you're going to go the same place. That's why it's so important for those of you who are not married that when you are trying to make the decision that you don't make the decision. That God makes that decision for you. Yeah, if you make that decision, you'll get it wrong every time. Come on in here, sisters. You'll, mar- you'll marry him because, uh, uh, you know, he got a nice job and he looked like he'll take care of you. But this couple just gave us a prime time example that, listen, the stuff you celebrate initially is the stuff that you complain about afterwards. And uh, folk are just, you know, statistics are showing now that people are no longer getting married. That the statistics now are saying that people are, 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 are shacking up more than they're getting married. Uh, this generation is saying we don't want marriage anymore. We'd rather not. We don't want to be bothered with it because of what they have seen in the lives of many of us, especially believers' homes, have not been a great example of marriage. Amen. And so people are saying, no, thank you. I'd rather not. I don't, want, I, don't want the, I don't want to waste the time. I don't want to change. And I don't want nobody trying to change me. And so um, if, I, if I were to preach on that, I would simply tell you, you need Jesus. Come on, say amen. amen. You, you cannot do this thing without Jesus. Amen. And there are no grounds for divorce. That's right. For, not for Christians. You got to know that? No, remember now, remember the text said, in Matthew, the text says, he says, Moses allowed it for the hardness of your heart. If your heart is hard, you ain't converted. So he's saying, I'll let the unsaved person, and, and in many cases, we are married to people who ain't saved. But a saved person fights through anything. Because marriage is a living dramatization of our relationship with Jesus Christ, and he ain't filed no papers yet. He won't file. He won't file. He ain't going to file. Amen? That's a hard word to receive, especially for those of us who have, but look, don't, just don't get it wrong again. Amen? <laughs> get it right this time. Find somebody who knows the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's go. I want to uh, preach today on a subject entitled, Your Story, uh, Genesis 39, verses 1 
and I want to read from the New International Version of the Bible, and I know they're getting ready to pull up the text. I'm going to read the whole chapter, or at least most of it, um, and, and I'll try to preach short. Amen. I'll try. Amen. Praise Pray for the preacher. The Bible says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, uh, in our nomenclature, you could say that he was the secret service for uh, Pharaoh, um, bought him, bought, paid for him, Joseph, from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. By the way, real quick, Bible quiz, how did Joseph get into slavery? Yeah, his family sold him into slavery. Amen. Verse 2, you thought you had family problems. <laughs> they were debating, should we kill him or should we sell him? Should we kill him or should we sell him? Verse 2 says, the Lord was with... Oh, Lord. I love this. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. Mm. And he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. Verse 3, when his master saw... <laughs> see, when God is with you, people will see it. Amen. The Bible says, when his master saw that the Lord was with him, and, and this is what happens when God is with you, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. The Bible says in verse 4, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. So your boy went from slavery to being the right-hand man to uh, Potiphar. The Bible goes on to say, what verse are we at, everybody? Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything that he owned. He gave your boy authority and power over his house. Verse 5, from the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord, here it goes again, I love this, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. Let me pause here and say this, your environment should not dictate how you are, you ought to dictate how your environment is. When God is with you, your environment changes, not you. Many of us let our environment change us, but the word of God says, your boy, listen, your boy is a slave. He's got no cachet. He's got no credibility. He's got no pedigree. He doesn't speak the language. He's a slave. He has every reason to have a bad attitude, but your boy is thankful just to be alive. And the word of God says that the favor of God is so strong. I love favor. The favor of God is so strong on his life. The word of God says that even his master, come on in here, y'all. His boss takes note. I want to be with this guy. I want to be, he don't got a degree. He don't know how to speak the language, but I just want to be with him. Why? Because God's with him. And wherever he is, success comes. Keep this man in my house. Woo! How many want that all over your life? That wherever you are, no matter what you're going through, you've got so much of God in you that your environment must take note. And we go on, the Bible says. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now, it's important that you remember that. Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome. Now, help me out now, saints. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Listen, man, we, we, we're talking about Joseph and how the favor of God is with him. We're talking about how whatever he touches turns to gold. We're talking about, by the way, I want to pause and say that Aaron and Akil preached this morning. You got, you got to go and get, where Aaron and Akil, wave your hands in the air. These young men right I mean, the Holy Ghost was all over these boys this morning. My Lord, where was I? Okay, 
So the Bible is talking about Joseph and, you know, let's just get into it. You know, God is with him. God is all over him. He's a slave. But yet even in slavery, his attitude is legit. His attitude is good. He's got everything to have a bad spirit. But because his attitude is right, I'm talking to somebody in here, because his attitude was right, God began to promote. The word of God says promotion does not come from the east or the west, but promotion comes from the Lord. Many of you brown nosing, huh? Come on here. Many of you dogging other people. Many of you stepping over people trying to get places in life. But when favor is over your life, when God is in your life, it doesn't matter if it looks like you're in last place. God has a way of promoting those that, hold on, hold on, that he can trust. Everybody wants to be promoted, but everybody can't be trusted. Right? And so, I mean, look at, look at the leaps that Joseph is making from straight up slave to now he's running the household affairs of the secret service official to Pharaoh. And this is happening in rapid time. And I want to pause and say this to you right now. Listen, I know everybody, you know, everybody's got haters out there. Amen. Everybody's got somebody who doesn't like what you're doing, who doesn't like you. But why are you worried about them? If God before you, who can be against you? Why do we spend so much time talking about people that have no effect whatsoever on where God, what God is doing in our lives? It is a waste of time and energy to be consumed with your enemies. It's a waste of time. Joseph, I, I, I don't know why God has been to continue to emphasize this. Joseph's attitude determined his altitude. And for many of you, your altitude has determined your attitude. As you have climbed up the ladder, you got so high that you can't even breathe the air of your own miasma of your bad attitude. And you have changed. No, you haven't. Your situation has simply brought out who you always were. I hear people say all the time, money changed him. Money doesn't change anybody. Money just brings out character. Power just brings out character. Come on in here, somebody. And so Joseph's disposition must be studied. Joseph's attitude under serious, dire straits must be considered. And as we're talking about his attitude, as we're talking about his disposition, the word of God talks over and over. And here's the phrase that I love. And I want this to be said of me, that the Lord was with him. Ah, I like that right there. Not that he had biblical knowledge. Not that, that he understood doctrine. Not, but he had power that God, come on in here. How many want that? I mean, let it be said of me. Let me just talk to my father by myself. God, that's what I want. I just want it to be said of me that God is with Myron. If God is with the presence of God be upon your life, then there is nothing that can stop the plan that God wants to produce in your life. If you have his prayer in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And by his right hand are pleasures forevermore. I just want to live in his presence. Hey, I've seen this at work. I've seen this at work. I've seen that work in my own family's life. I see my wife, you know, not make the best score on the ACT, SAT. And, you know, we do so much to plan and, and see to it that sex success happens. You know, if they just go to this school, they'll be successful. They do that, they'll be successful. I'm going to tell you right now, when, when the favor of God is on your life, it don't matter what school you go to. It don't matter what your SAT score is. 
Oh, y'all not talking. Oh, y'all not listening to me in here. Listen, I'm just serious. That kind of, I'm not trying to over-spiritualize it. The bottom line is, is I have seen God take folks, folks in last place and put them in first place simply because he could trust them. Really, no, I'm going to just tell you now, the reason why you're not there yet either is, number one, God ain't ready for you to get there yet. Number two, God ain't ready for you to get there yet. And the third one, which is a little different, God ain't ready for you to get there yet. And at the time that God is ready to move you, not only will you be moved, but you will be ready. Amen? So I love it, man. I'm just into this. I'm just like, yeah, this is the way to success. And then out of nowhere, the Bible starts talking about how good looking Joseph is. It almost seems like out of place. You know, we're talking about, talking about his character, and then you start talking about his looks. Now, the Bible does not say, Fred Bozeman, that he was able to be promoted because he was good looking. And I said that to you, B. Rother, because, you know, I know you think you're good looking. So, I just want to, he is a good looking brother, though, isn't he? Not? Praise the Lord. I understand now, if the issue, and Fred knows I love it, but the issue is not his looks. And I think this is a problem that we have with many of us. Many of us are so invested in our external, in our external reality that we forget what really moves us into the things of God. It is not about how you dress, not about how you look, it's not about how you talk. All those things are important. But at the end of the day, if God is with you, I've got to emphasize this over and over, if God is with you. But notice now, the Bible immediately makes a shift. It goes from jo- Joseph's character to now his looks. Amen. All right. Now, there's only three people in the Bible that God himself pauses and talks about how good looking they are. Oh, yeah, sure Eve. Yeah. Absalom. And Joseph. So sisters, uh, he was a bad boy. Let me tell you why. Now look what the Bible says. It says, now you're talking about full package brother here. He loved the Lord. Come on now. He's being promoted. Come on sister. There's a BMW. huh? Black man working. Amen. Amen. Listen, and, and. The boy is fine. That's right. Now listen, don't worry about the pastor here. I'm just telling you what God said about him. God says that he was well built. Yeah. And handsome. Yeah. Full package. Yeah. Nobody could deny Joseph's good looks. Now let me pause here and say this. Sisters, tell the truth. There is something about a man with character. There's something about a man who is about his purpose. There is something about a man that knows where he's going. There is something about a man that understands what God is doing in his life. And then, listen, now you marry him on that. But put on top of that, that he's well-built and handsome. Talk to me, sisters. Talk back to me, sisters. Can I get some help in here now? Don't try to act so spiritual now. Oh, the Bible says that Joseph had the full package. And when, watch this now, here it is, here's the shift. When you have the full package, you are a target. Now, let me tell you something now. Some of you, male or female, 
don't see yourself as the full package. And now watch this. I'm not talking about dating or marriage now. I'm just talking about what God has put inside of you to bring to the table to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Many of us have been so downtrodden all our lives by our own weakening thoughts about ourselves, about what others have projected upon us that we do not realize. I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about a a humility that has a confidence to it that I know where I'm going. I know where God has taken me. I know what God has done in my life. I know that I have gifts. I know that I'm blessed. I know that God wants to use me. That's what I'm, there is something about that kind of person that becomes a target of the devil. And so you know something's about to happen now. I only got one point today, and watch this. The Bible says he was well built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife. Now, the Bible it's saying after a while, you know, but if, if the Bible is saying is the Bible is true and saying he's fine as it says he is, uh-huh. mm-hmm. Apophis' wife noticed him when he first showed up. Come on in here. Amen. I mean, your boy, your boy Joseph is, is in there scrubbing floors. Huh? His shirt is off. Huh? His olive skin. The sweat glistening in the azure sky. Huh? And and Joseph is working. He is diligent. When he walks, his thighs and and quads flex. When he picks up a plate to hand it to his master, the pectoral muscles respond to each movement. I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says your boy Joseph is cleaning walls. And as he's cleaning it, Potiphar's wife is no longer consumed with her own husband. But now she stands back and takes notice of the man of God. He's just cleaning the walls. But the way he cleans those walls. The word of God says that Joseph is sweeping the floor. He sweeps it with such grace. Like Michelangelo in a painting. He sweeps. He mops. Your boy cleans up the manure after the animals and the nags that belong to Potiphar. And the way he cleans up poop incites arousal from the lower passions of this woman. The Bible says after a while, she took note of it. She studied him. She forgot about her husband. She forgot that he was a slave. And all she said is, and I want you to watch this. She did not say, let's have lunch. Let's go to Starbucks. She did not say, uh, let's be prayer partners. Amen. That's for church folk. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You watch out for folk who are always trying to be your prayer partner. Especially when they're the opposite sex. Amen. P-R-E-Y. Amen. And, and notice the folk, I want to just paint the picture because I want you to understand uh, what Joseph did in the context of it, and we'll, we'll step away from it. But notice what Joseph did. The Bible says she took note of him, and then watch this. The Bible says that she just, the, the, the lust exploded in her like a volcano, and its lava spread 
from her eyes to her mouth. And she could no longer contain herself. Most scholars probably would suggest in order for her to make such a proposition to Joseph like this, with such boldness, that she would have had to clear the house. She sent everyone away home early today because she had plans for Joseph. This is premeditated. She's been strategizing. How can I get him by himself? I've done it before. I'll do it again. Everyone's gone home early. They're thankful to get home. And at this time now, Potiphar is probably off on a mission with Pharaoh. The stringed lyre players have surprisingly showed up. And see, there are no, no MP3 players back then. There. Soft music is playing in the background. <laughs> Joseph is working and he is diligent. He is seeing to it that the house is guarded. He is being a sentinel. He is faithful to duty. But it's strange that there's nobody here. Candles are lit. Petals are laid. And this is going to be too much for some of you to take. But you, you re- I really want you, to, in order for you to understand thesis, you've got to understand antithesis. All right? So watch what, what I mean. I have an imagination, <laughs> and I hope it's sanctified, but it's definitely real. You can't tell me that when this sister made this proposition to him, that she did so with rollers in her hair. And a nightgown on. That's right. Now, I know in your mind, you see her fully clothed. Understand what is happening here to Joseph. He is being set up by the enemy to bring down and abort everything that God has been doing in his life. And so, I know she had lingerie on. I want to I be clear on this. She was ready. How do I, look, look at, look, if you don't believe me, you think this is blasphemous. Look at the Bible. She said, come to bed with me. The Hebrew for that tells us she's talking about not later, but now. She's ready right now. Now, there's several issues that we need to consider with this temptation. Number one, to be fair, the Bible does say that Joseph refused. Now, I... Lord knows that Joseph is dead. Smart man. Not many Josephs in 2013. Let's tell the truth and shame the devil. Be real with me for a minute. This kind of integrity, when nobody is looking, understand now, Joseph has every reason to compromise. His family abandoned him, he's in pain. He's 18 years old. He's in, a, he's in a country that nobody knows who he is. And Egyptian culture is steeped in idolatry. And the basic foundation of Egyptian worship was sexuality. So for him to be immoral would have been an act of spirituality in this culture. The biggest thing for me, though, is Joseph's in pain. And I'm going to tell you right now. Every person, I, especially now, I'm hearing people give me reasons why they did what they did when they should not have done it. And the, and the new thing now is my upbringing. My family was dysfunctional. 
This happened to me. That happened to me. Pastor, you don't understand the things that I've been through. I'm hurting right now. I'm vulnerable right now. You don't understand it. And bless your heart, everybody understand what I'm saying right now. I'm not trying to discount the things that we have been through, but I'm showing you an example of somebody who had every reason. He had every reason to compromise. I mean, none of us would have looked funny at Joseph. I mean, his own brothers thought about killing him. They took a vote and said, well, let's not kill him. What, what else can we do? Let's sell him into slavery. He's hurting. He's in pain. He feels abandoned. He feels rejected. But in spite of his attitude and his mindset and what has happened to him, the word of God says, in the prime of his manhood, his piping is working. His mind is working. Now things are in full bloom for him. Nature has taken its course. Life has taken its course. And for many of us, we would have simply said, I'm just going through it. Ain't nothing wrong with me just getting a little something. Now, your thing may not be sex, but everybody often uses a justification for the compromising decisions they make. They will often use what happened to them. I cussed her out because... I left my husband because. The reason why I quit was because. Understand, we don't just jump out there and do stuff. We always suggest that the reason why I did it, you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't know why this happened to me. And don't judge me. Lord have mercy. That's right. That's right. Do it, Joseph. Now, to be fair, some of you are saying, well, psh, we don't know how she looked. That's what the brothers are saying. That was an easy decision. Let me tell you why it doesn't matter how she looked. Can I tell you why? More than likely, she was fine. Uh, have you ever seen an Egyptian before? Okay, case closed. Listen, our folk that come from the motherland over there. <laughs> preach, Ellen. You better preach, though. Say it again, Amen. <laughs> So understand now, uh, we don't really know how she looks, and I don't think it matters. Let me tell you why this temptation was so powerful. Because if he doesn't sleep with her, he's dead. If he does sleep with her, he's dead. Or she holds this power over him for the rest of the time that he's there, threatening him with his life. Don't tell me this ain't no tough decision. Whatever he does, he's damned if he does, he's damned if he does not. The minute, ooh, thank you, Jesus. The minute the temptation came, it changed his life before he made a decision. I want to pause and just talk for a minute now. Just how you can never underestimate the decisions that you make in life. You never know whether it is of eternal value or of eternal significance. You ought to be careful how you treat people. You don't know who you're treating. You ought to be careful about every decision. Do you realize that this decision that Joseph made not only changed his life, but changed the destiny of all of Israel? I'm about to get an attitude now, and that's why when people come to me talking about they want to be married. Every decision matters. Here's the thing. The enemy 
does not want us to see the, an ex, the, the eternal value of every decision. Many of us think we got throwaway decisions. This doesn't matter. I'm just going to do this. No big deal. I'm telling you right now, every decision matters. Joseph did not realize this, but the word of God says when he refused, it was on. Here's the question I'm going to ask you and I'm going to sit down. Why didn't he do it? God, mm-hmm. some of you know God, and you do stuff all the time. Let's just be honest. Most of us in here are not experts in resisting temptation. And especially now, since we are in this family series, one of the things that I hear over and over again are the excuses that we make about our lives because of what somebody else did. What we call that is, is a victimization mindset. I'm this way because they did this. But look at your boy Joseph. Joseph, does he not have the ability to make that excuse? I mean, would you judge him if he told you, look, man, I'm sorry, I just fell. I have a tough life. Deal with it. Who would judge him because of that? But do you know Joseph's name would never have been in the word of God if he did not make this decision? Do you realize this decision saved his family? Why didn't he do it? Well, let's read. And we'll get out of here. Watch this. this now, this blew my mind. I want you to go now to, uh, say verse, verse 8. The Bible says, but he refused. Now, watch what he starts doing. This is amazing. He says, with me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. Because you are his wife, how then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. That's a whole nother word right there. So here's the answer. She's standing there, hot and ready. She propositions him and says, come to bed with me now. He's standing there, tempted, in pain, hurting, doesn't know what his next move is going to be. He's a slave. He's in an unknown country. And, the, and, 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 and we're saying to ourselves, most of us, no matter what the temptation is, Potiphar's wife, whatever it is, your disposition, your attitude, I don't care. Everybody has their own thing that Satan perfectly designs to stop you. By the way, I just want to pause and say this. Isn't it amazing that when you are moving in a positive direction, that tests come? <laughs> I mean, it's like, while God is blessing this guy, while things are going good, then this comes. And it seems like it pushes him back where he came from. So watch this. So she's standing there ready. And this, I mean, it's kind of humorous. And you know what Joseph did? Some of us, we missed it. But this is what Joseph did. She's standing there and she's like, look, let's do it. Now, it's ready. You know, by the way, let me, let me say this. You know, another interesting thing. There's something about struggle that either produces righteousness or regret in us. Because David, under the same situation, fell. 
Samson, under the same situation, fell. You got to give your boy Joseph some straight up props. Watch this. And so this is what he does. It, it kinda, you know, when I, when, I, when I finally saw this, I was like, wow. It's a word for all of us today. She's standing like, yo, let's do it. Nobody will know. My husband's gone. You know you want me. I've been watching the way you've been looking at me. Now, Joseph ain't been paying her no mind. Now, now, I'm ready. Now, watch what Joseph does. She's like, now, I'm ready. Like, she's all in that. You know, her eyes are looking funny. You know, just like, you know what Joseph says? He says, okay, all right, I hear what you're saying. But can I just testify real quick? Just, you know, just hold for a second. Um, you have to understand, God's been good to me. And um, you see, when I came here, I was a slave. I didn't have anything. My family, you know, they, they threw me out. And, um, you know, I'm really messed up about that. But, 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 but anyway, no, no, don't look away. Just hear what I got to say for a second. No, no, listen, listen here, sweetheart. Look, your husband's been real good to me. All right? But see, it's really not your husband, it's God. See, God's been all in my life. God has blessed me. And, 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 and I just want to tell you my story for a little while. I mean, just, just stand there for a second. Hold on. So God, God has taken me from nowhere, and he's put me here. I'm not about to ruin the story that God is writing in my life for this right here. Can I refresh you on something? Remember, Joseph is the dreamer. God had already showed him as a little boy where he was going. Now, now I want you to understand, this, this, when, when I discovered this truth, it changed my life. It gave me victory over temptation. When Joseph made the decision about his own death, you know what he did? He did not just base it on his relationship with God, although that is important. He did not just base it on his relationship with Potiphar, although that was important. He based it on where God was taking him. He simply said, look, girl, look, I ain't going to sit here and lie to you and tell you I'm not tempted. But listen, I'm really over you right now because God's taking me somewhere and this does not fit my story. It just doesn't. It doesn't fit. Can I tell you my story? I'm, I'm a little I'm a rich kid living in a wealthy house. I've experienced God's favor and his blessing. My family, they were jealous of me. They sold me into slavery. Since I've been in slavery, God has blessed me. He has prospered me. He is moving my life. It just doesn't fit for God to take me from here and move me there. And then I blow it with you. You're not worth my purpose. You're not worth where God's taking me. See, for many of us, we yield to temptation because we always make decisions in the now. And we do not make decisions in the there. When I found this out, porn didn't have any power over me anymore. I said, porn does not fit where I'm going. Listen, everybody's got a story. And at some point in your life, you're going to have to tell it. When you blow your marriage, what conversation are you going to have with your son now? See, when, when the enemy comes against us with these temptations, we don't consider that at some point we're going to have to tell what we did. Now, we're going to praise him right now. You know why? Because ain't no, ain't no Joseph's up in here today. And many of us, come on, talk to me now. Many of us have fallen. 
Many of us have yielded. Many of us have made mistakes. But aren't you glad today that God has not aborted? God has not discontinued. God has not revoked. God has not called back the plan that he has for your life. Can I tell you something today? You're going somewhere. There's a plan over your life. This ain't worth it. It doesn't fit. Doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. Doesn't fit. Just doesn't fit. That's all he said. He said, look, you're really tantalizing, but you don't fit. Now look, now it wasn't, you know how some of us, we don't yield to temptation, but it's like really hard. Girl, you don't know how bad I want to do this right now. But I got to stay faithful to God. I'm going to come up in the room and pray with you. We're not going to do nothing, though. Yo, Joseph was not like playing with it. No, I'm serious. This is where we ought to get. We ought to get to a place where we look that temptation in the eye and say, you don't fit. I'm talking about with power, with a conviction. Yeah, yeah, this tempts me, but it doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah, this, this, this bothers me, but it doesn't. I'm going, my purpose is greater than this moment. Yo, I mean, seriously, why are you living in the now? Some of you are, some of you are dating now people. Some of you are working at now jobs. Some of you are hanging with now friends. The now. I just love Joseph. I'm done. Joseph was like, sorry. This doesn't fit. And many of us, we talk ourselves out of victory. Oh, it's so hard. I just can't. I can't stop. You don't know, just, Pastor, did I tell you this is a generational curse? Look, man, don't, don't play me. I know about generational curses. But the, but the same text that talks about generational curses says, it says that the sins of the fathers are passed down to the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. But he said, also showing mercy to thousands. We, we are always, oh, I just can't. You know, this is a struggle for me. And I believe in transparency and being open and honest. Y'all know your pastor believes in that. But many of us, we give too much power to Potiphar's wife. We're giving her too much power. There she is. She's standing there. And you're just like having the heebie-jeebies because, oh, no, oh, no, I got to get done. Listen, hey, you don't fit. When this is over, I'll feel guilty and I'll be mad that I did it. We don't think about the feeling afterwards. After you cut your child off. Now they got kids and now you're dealing with generational reconciliation. It doesn't fit. That's not my story. Can I tell you my story? And can I sit down? My story is, my name is Myron Edmonds. I'm 36 years old. I'm born to a preacher and a lawyer. I was born in Berrien Springs, Michigan, when my dad was at the seminary. I'm a middle class kid. At one point in my life, we were upper middle class. And guess what? Then all of a sudden, life happened. I never grew up in the ghetto, but the ghetto grew up in my house. Life happened. I watched my parents, after 36 years of marriage, 
called the quits. Life happens. When I got married, never looked at porn for real a day in my life. But as soon as I got married and God started moving me in ministry, I became a porn addict. Life happens. That's my story. And all of a sudden, I'm faced now with thinking I'm going forward, but I'm going backward. But then God came to me and said, son, I don't want your story to be about the failures in your life. I want your story to be about the victories in your life. I no longer want you to make decisions in your life based on the now. I no longer want you to yield temptation based on the now. I now want you to make your calling and election sure, not based on where you've been, but where I'm taking you. I'm walking you down a pathway where I'm going to prosper you, where I'm going to use you, where thousands will hear what comes out of your mouth. And it's not because you're worthy. It's not because you're good. It's because I'm good. And I just take pleasure out of taking nothing and making something. That's my story. It doesn't fit for me to have an affair on my wife. That's not my testimony. It doesn't fit for me to be a bad father. Not my testimony. It doesn't fit for me to not have any integrity. That ain't my story. My story is God has been good to me. God has been kind to me. God has been merciful to me. Have I got anybody out here that has a story to tell? Do you know where God brought you? Do you know what God did in your life? Did he not pull you out of darkness? Ah, into this marvelous light. So what's your story today? Where has God brought you from? I got a word for you today that your decisions should not be based on back then, but your decisions ought to be based on where God's going. (laughs) How many know that God is taking you somewhere? Oh, come on in here, somebody. Can you testify for a minute? Can I preach it and you testify it? Did he wake you up this morning? (laughs) Did he start you on your way? Did he put food on your table? Can I keep going? Did he forgive you of your sins? Did he save your life when you were dying? Did he help you from killing yourself when you wanted to? Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? Are you in your right mind? Have you got a praise in your belly? Do you know how to lift your hands? Do you know how to open up your mouth? Then tell your story. It doesn't fit the compromise. If God before me, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. Whatever you're into right now, it doesn't fit. 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 Tell yourself it doesn't fit. He doesn't fit. She doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. Your complaining attitude. How can you do that? When you think about what God has done in your life, that doesn't fit. Your bad, mean-spirited attitude. God saved your life. That doesn't fit. The way you treat people when God's been good to you, it doesn't fit. I'm with Joseph. Listen, Potiphar's wife, the Bible doesn't really tell me what your name is, but Potiphar's wife, you don't fit. 
She came to him the next day. Sorry, I said you don't fit. That's right. The word of God says she came again. You don't fit. You don't fit. At some point, you got to get an attitude about it. I told you, woman, right. you don't fit. Right. You can throw me in jail, but you don't fit. You can take my life, but you don't fit. Don't fit. It's not my story. It's just not my story. I'm going to have to tell my kids about this one day. It's not my story. Word of God says that she goes and tells her husband, he raped me. Now, most of us would have given up. They throw Joseph in jail, in a prison with hardened criminals who are on death row. But when God's with you, that's right. Say it. Say it. How do you make a prisoner the warden? God can't stop you. I mean, the enemy can't stop you when God's in you. So don't tell me that I just can't get a break. I just can't move ahead. My family this. My it, Listen, if you are stuck where you are, it's because you're making decisions that don't fit where God's going. Now, I believe Ellen White kind of said the same thing. She says that... Uh, Potiphar put in a good word for Joseph when he got to prison. Can I talk about the favor of God real quick? God is so good, man. Even when you think you're down and out. See, for a Christian, going down is going up. It is. You take, you take, you take a pay, you take a, take a pay, a pay reduction. You're actually more prosperous than you were yep. when you were making more money when yes. God is with you. Yep. That's right. He's in prison. Potiphar says, I don't believe my wife because I know what she's about. EGW says that. He says, take care of my boy. Matter of fact, you can trust him. But see, I can't in this culture get away with not letting him get off. So while he's there, take care of him. And while he's in prison, he's getting promoted. If Joseph had not gone to prison, then Joseph would not have become prime minister. Listen, you, listen what I want you to do right now is... I want you to pause in this moment and start praising God for the trials and tribulations in your life right now. Yeah. No, no. Think about what you are going through and start worshiping because prison is the prerequisite for being the prime minister. Oh, come on. Y'all not praising him like you know he's good. Look at your situation and think about all that's wrong with it and begin to rejoice and say this ain't the end of my testimony that God is taking me somewhere oh you better bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name I will bless the Lord at all times 
and his praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. You're on your way. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mm -mm -mm. Isn't it easy? Now, let me, tell, let me talk to the Pharisees real quick. Don't look at my life and make judgments about where I'm going. Because you don't know my story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm down right now, but I ain't out. Come on in here. <laughs> I'm on my back, but at least my head is lifted up. Come on, Sam. And in just a little while, he that shall come will come. Come on, y'all Y'all playing with me in here today. My attitude will determine my altitude. It will every time. I want to call somebody today to relationship with Jesus. Because remember, the thing that moved Joseph, he wasn't chasing being prime minister. See, many of you are chasing power, pleasure, and success. He wasn't looking for it. You know what, Joseph? He was just faithful. Faithful. Uh, can I give you a definition of success? Faithful. Be faithful. Yes. faithful. You, uh, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm trying not to be negative about it, but I'm just saying, I'm just being honest. Until you learn to be yep. faithful yes. in a few things, yep. then God will make you ruler over many. Right. Joseph did not ask to be prime minister. He was, he was glad just to be a doorkeeper. Yes. That's right. Oh, they overlooked me for the promotion. My mama, she just don't know. She, she, she don't love me. She don't know how to treat me. I want to I declare today that we are going to call a cessation and a moratorium on complaining. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That we are going to be content, like Paul said. Yes. We are going to be content in every situation, knowing that in all things, they work together for good to them that love the Lord. I don't care if you're sick in your body. I don't care what you're going through. That you will acknowledge that God has a plan. And if God wanted to change your situation, he could rejoice, be glad, give him glory. Your blessing is on the way. What is the plan God has for your life? Your heads about your eyes are closed. Many of us are all over the place in our decision-making and are constantly falling to the same temptation over and over again because we're making decisions based on our happiness instead of making decisions based on God's purpose. And I'm going to just be honest with you. Until I understood that purpose equals faithfulness. Yes. I fell to the same stuff over and over again. Yes. Yes. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not, I'm not, I have not apprehended, but I'm pressing. pressing I'm, I'm going, direction, yes. not intention, determines destination. Direction, not intention, 
determines destination. People get places not because they want to, but because they're pointed in that they're moving in that direction. Your intentions don't mean anything if you don't do something. I really think that we limit God's power in our lives. If we were to look at Joseph and where he was, some of us would not even have spoken to him because he didn't fall in our pay grade. But you don't know what God is doing in somebody's life. You don't. You don't. And as we end this 40 for Family series, the Lord told me to tell you today, I know your family's dysfunctional. I know your upbringing has not been ideal. I know that your marriage was bad. I know you were abused. I know you were molested. I know you were forsaken, abandoned, disrespected. I know that. But so was Joseph. But he made up his mind that it ain't going to stay like this forever. (laughs) That God is using this stuff to do something extraordinary with my life. And I'm not going to blow the plan of God by making permanent to temporary decisions over permanent things in my life. So here it is. Somebody today, you're here. God spoke to your heart. You need to give your life to him right now. You need to give your life to him right now. I'm talking about you fully give your life to him. Right. That's the secret of Joseph's life. He was wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in God. And he had clarity. He was a dreamer. God had put a vision in his life. And he was not going to allow Potiphar's wife to rob him of the glory that God was about to bestow in his life. And my first appeal right now is very simple. You want to give your life to Jesus. That's the first start. I want to invite you to come and stand with this preacher that is broken. I want you to come and stand with this broken preacher right now. I don't know who you are, but God's talking to you right now. And your first move should be, I need to, if I'm going to experience what Joseph experienced, I've got to at least Say yes fully to God. Yeah, just yes. Fully to him. Holding nothing back. Walking in straight up faithfulness to him by the indwelling presence of the spirit of God that will come into my life right now. I'm calling you right now. For some reason, I believe that this message was a specific word for somebody under the sound of my voice. Your first move is, I got to give my life to him. I, I, got, I can't keep repeating these cycles. I can't stay in this rut. I just, I'm tired. Is there anybody tired? I'm just praying that the Holy Ghost would have worn you down in this word today where you are tired. God bless you. Tired. Tired. I, 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 and you know, in my life, I have discovered that it's not till you get sick and tired of being sick and tired that you say, you know what, I'm tired. I'm I'm ready now. Got to. Now, God is not calling you right now to be a goody-two-shoe because those kind of people don't exist. 
What he is calling you to is relationship. Trust me, trust me on this. I'm not a perfect pastor. There are no perfect people. But when you are in relationship with God, he will put his presence in your life, his favor over your life, and he will give you supernatural power to do what you never thought you could do. But it starts with relationship. I call you to that right now. Is there anybody who needs to be in that relationship? You're tired, tired, tired. And listen, I've even had to, you know, it's funny. Sometimes you got to say to yourself, yeah, I really don't want to change. But God, you're going to have to help me to want to change. That's right. I'm still calling. I'm still calling today because... Because someone right now is in the same place Joseph was. Oh, I need you to hear me on this. You are in a pivotal moment in your life and you don't even know it. Listen to me very carefully. You are in a pivotal moment in your life and you don't, you are being tested right now. You're being tested. No, it's not just the devil. That's right. God is using this to test you, yeah. to see if he can trust yeah. you. And you'll pass that test if you just simply come out of your seat That's right. and say, God, I give up fighting you. Yes, Lord. I surrender right now. Yes. I surrender right now. I surrender. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Available to you. You're still coming? My will I give. Yes, Lord. My will. I give. I'll do what you say to me. I'll do what you say. Use me, Lord. How many want that to be said of? Yes. To show someone the way and enable me to say. Here it is, as we close, as we close this service. This is a pivotal moment in your life. Yes, Lord. Where like Joseph, you gotta look Potiphar's wife, you gotta look the devil in the face and say, No. This does not fit. It doesn't fit my story. And I ask you one more time, is there someone out there today, you are in the midst of a situation and it is pushing you to an area that doesn't fit where God is taking you and you feel the pull, but you need power from on high to look the enemy in the face and say, it doesn't fit. If God's talking to you, I call you right now. 10, it's time for you to move. Nine, eight, just come, seven, you're not coming feeling guilty or condemned, you're coming because the love of Jesus Christ is drawing you right now, this is drawing you, the love of Jesus. 
Isn't that what it's all about, everybody? And God looks down at our faults, but he sees our needs. Amen. And he draw, his spirit is drawing you right now. Drawing you. You know, I've I, I sat out there and, and, and I know that it's not the preacher. Because see, there are things that I said today that I really didn't say. But the Holy Spirit told you stuff that didn't even come out of my mouth. That's not the preacher. That's the Spirit of God. He's drawing you right now. He is wooing you with his love right now. He's saying, I am trying to take you someplace, but you have got to say yes. Five spiritual seconds. Five. Move right now. Now, some of you are saying, well, Pastor, I've already joined the church, so this is not really for me. So let me call the other group. I'm calling the group now. You're in the church. You love the Lord. But still, there's some stuff going on in your life that doesn't fit. It's your turn now to come and say, God, I need resolve. I need power to say this doesn't fit my story. I believe that you're taking me somewhere, and I don't want to blow it. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Someone get past the folks for me, please. And I, I, want, I want to close by saying this. Do not live in the moment. <laughs> live in your purpose. Some of you are saying right now, Pastor, I just can't stop. I, I just keep doing it over and over again. I bet you if you knew that every time you did what you did, that it would take off 10 years of your life. You stop. I see it happen all, I see people quit habits of addiction all the time without God. Just because they don't want consequences. What I'm telling you now is, not only do you have that resolve, you also have the power of God helping you. I declare today that victory is possible and it's possible right now. Right now it is possible. I don't believe the lie that, uh, you know, this is just how I'm going to be for the rest of my life. My daddy was like this. My mama was like this. This is just going to be the thorn in my flesh. The word of God says, and this is the victory, even your faith. And I'm going to tell you right now, every compromise shortens your purpose. Every compromise disturbs God's plan. But, but how many are glad today to know that God is like that GPS system? Amen. Won't he recalculate? Uh, if you're lost, he, he got directions to get you from where you're from. Amen. If you've, how many have messed up a few times in your life? You're honest enough to admit it. But I got news for you right now. It's not terminal. It's not over. The minute you tell God yes, he's got a plan to take you from right where you are. My storage is empty. I love that. And I am available to you. 
Can we sing that one more time? My storage. My storage is empty. And I and if you believe that, just lift your hands right now. Right now. Storage is empty. He's not through with you yet. And I am available to you. One more time. My storage is empty. Oh, and I am available to you. Father God, right now, thank you that you're still writing our story. <laughs> We've messed this movie up a number of times, but there's still going to be a good ending. <laughs> you're the master producer, and you can find a way to fix it, God. We stretch forth our hands to you right now, and we invite you to show us purpose. Is faithfulness. Help us not to complain or gripe. Help us to recognize our attitude will determine our altitudes. We will praise you. We will serve you. We will not ignore the details of life, but we'll be faithful when we come in. Faithful when we go out. Faithful when people are looking. Faithful when they're not. And let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in our sight. Oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Those of you that came today to give your life to the Lord, Elder Dwayne Hall is going to take you and he's going to pray with you right now along with the Bible workers. Let's praise the Lord right now. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> oh, come on, beloved. Lord, Lord, I'm available to wonderful time doing 440 for family, have we not? Amen. Uh, I want to, before we call forth for the tithe and offering, as you know, in our recent uh, business meeting, we came in here last Sunday, prayed, stretched out before God, seeking direction as to what our next move is going to be. Well, we voted in our last called meeting Number one, and I'm excited, to pursue the purchase of 26100 Euclid Avenue, Amen. Kmart. Amen. 
Number two, to pursue some finances from our conference to enable us to hold that property. And, and I have to say this to be clear. And number three, to list this property for sale. Now, Amen. to list this property does not mean that we are going to be out of a church. It simply means what we voted was to test the market to see if someone's interested in it. And if so, how much are they offering? You won't know that until you list it. So there will be no, so I want to just banish all rumor and innuendo. We ain't selling the church without asking for permission from this congregation once an offer comes to do so. Let me tell you this part. God has shown his hand throughout this entire project. And I got a chance the other day to sit in a meeting with the contractor and the architect. And I'm going to tell you this. This project is going to blow your mind. What God is about to do in this church is going to be mind-blowing. I am thankful for where we are now. But I promise you, when you see in a few, I believe a few months, when you see the renderings and the drawings and the virtual tour of where God is taking us, you may not even remember. <laughs> Trust me, this thing has the potential of us literally changing the city of Cleveland because of what we are going to be able to do that we cannot currently do now. One of the things that you mentioned in your surveys, and we heard you, said, Pastor, we need a 9 through 12 academy. Yeah. 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 That offers the best to our kids. Amen. We heard you. We're believing God that Glenville will have its own 9 through 12 college preparatory academy that can train young people to become Josephs. In the plans are recreational facilities, gymnasiums banquet halls, state-of-the-art sanctuary, and it's all on one level. <laughs> There's so much space in that building that when we get done with phase one, we'll still have 60% of the building left that is not even phased out yet. And so somebody said, Pastor, now, how are we going to afford this? And I, 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 it makes me think about Zach's sermon that he preached the other day. We're going to afford it the same way that Joshua looked up at the sun and said, sun, stand still. <laughs> three ways. Three ways we're going to afford this. I'll tell you right now. We're going to sacrificially give. We're going to sacrificially give. We are going to sacrificially give. Number two. We're going to finance some of it. Come on, say amen. amen. And number three, God's going to do the rest. Amen. Amen. I'll take my chances on that. Let's do it. I walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. As we get ready to lift this offering, some of you have, initially we were kind of giving to the building project, and then I guess maybe we slowed down because we were trying to figure out what's going on. Well, I want you to know we are going full after the vote that this church took by an overwhelming, almost a unanimous vote to go forward, 
We need to see your faith in your finance yes, as we continue to give to this project. Lord knows we need it as we go forward. Yes. We have a meeting with the conference coming up. Amen. And we need your prayers that as we go before Caesar, That's all right. <laughs> that the Lord will grant us favor as we go. Amen. We got no doubt about it because God has granted us favor with the city of Euclid. God has granted us favor with the owner of the property. <laughs> God has just granted us favor. We're like Joseph. I mean, whatever we touch, God's going to bless. Amen. But we need you to pray for us that as we go down to Columbus at the end of this month and we meet with the executive committee, that God, that they will look at the plans, they will look at the vision, they will hear the testimonies, and they will grant us favor as we go forward. Amen. Amen. I'm going to call the deacons and the ushers that they will come forward at this time and lift up our tithe and offering. Praise the Lord. Praise Ensemble, please meet immediately following after service to meet with to meet with Sister Marquita to go over your song for tonight. So one praise next week 
Friday, 6.30. We are wearing black and white next week. Amen? Amen. 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 I'm going to invite Sister Elder Cox to come forward for our benediction and our closing prayer. Eternal God, we are so grateful to you for what you've done here today. We are grateful for the manifestation of your Holy Spirit. We now pray that as we leave here, that whatever took place in our hearts today will never leave us, but it would be as constant fire burning in our bones all the time. We pray now that you will dismiss us, but never from your presence. Bless the offering that has been collected today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.